We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen as Pastor Matt Postiff explains and applies the biblical text one verse at a time. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org slash live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Join us now as Pastor Postiff opens God's Word. All right, good evening again, everybody. We're in Matthew chapter 26 tonight. If you take your Bibles and follow along as I read there, Matthew chapter 26. Earlier in the evening, as you recall, we're in the uh, last night of our Lord on this earth in his regular earthly life, if you will. Earlier that evening at the supper, he had prophesied Peter's denial. And that was in chapter 26, verse 34, where the Bible says, Assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. You would think that perhaps... um, Peter would say, okay, I just got to hold out until the rooster crows. I'm just going to do it. I got to just be careful. But let's see what happened. Matthew 26, the last segment of the chapter, starting in verse 69. Now, Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. Remember in verse 58, Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. So now he's sitting there in the courtyard. A servant girl comes and says, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. So one gal comes to him and says this, but there are, there's a little you know, group of people around. Verse 71, and when he had gone out to the gateway... Another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth, but he denied with an oath. I'm sorry, but again he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, because your speech betrays you. Then he began, began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. Now, I mentioned a time ago or two that Peter was as physically near to the Lord as one could be at the time. As I indicated, this brought him into the most challenging area of temptation, the hottest part of the fire, so to speak, nearest to the persecution because the Lord was facing the hottest persecution that someone could ever face at that time. So I'm saying the closer Peter was, the more dangerous it was for him. He was going to be pressed in some way, and we see exactly how the the Lord ordained for him to be tested Now, this is not a general spiritual truth that you can run with. You know, you might say, oh, well, pastor told us that the closer Peter was, the more danger. So 
The closer I am to the Lord, the worse the temptation will be. So I'm just going to stay at the fringes of the church. I'm not going to get too serious here about this, not too close, because I don't want to be too, you know, too, in a too dangerous of a, a situation. So I don't feel the heat too much, but that's flawed thinking. All that thinking is going to do is put you into a place where you'll be dull to recognize sin and temptation. You will fall into even more sin and more temptation and, and easier so. You'll fall probably into even more obvious sins the farther away you, you are from God. Now, I venture to say that you and, and I will never face the heat as much as Christ did, nor as much as Peter did but you do need to be ready for the heat that you will face. And you will face some, I'm sure, some. God will arrange it in accordance with the strength that he has brought you to to be able to handle it. He's not going to tempt you above that which you're able, but he is going to stretch you and test you. Peter's denial moved in three phases here. First of all, he said, it said to him, you were with Jesus of Galilee. That's in verse number 69. Peter denied it. I wasn't with him. Man, that's pretty rough. I wasn't with that guy. Don't associate me with him. But he went farther. This fellow, they said, was also with Jesus of Nazareth. So with Jesus of Galilee, now Jesus of Nazareth, you know, do you, can you hear echoes of Nathaniel? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And you're associated with that trash, maybe? Or you were associated with him? Peter denied with an oath. An oath means that he invoked someone or something, likely God, to say that what you're saying is not true. It's like, it's not exactly like this, but it's sort of like this. He's saying, look, uh, right hand up, hand on. I'm swearing on the Bible. I, never, I don't know the man. Well, what? You do know the man. What's going on, Peter? Number three, the third movement in the Denial. The statement is like this. Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. You've got a Galilean accent, buddy. Everybody can hear it a mile away. No problem. What does Peter do then? He, he denied the first one. He denied it with an oath. The second one, the third one, he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. What a lie. He said, I do not know the man. Not only did he deny, see, we, I think it's easy for us to just say Peter's denial, which I did in my title, but remember, he lied. This denial was a lie. He, bear, he bore false witness, and so he really fell into sin. And then he decorated it with salty sailor's language, with an oath. Don't tell me you've never decorated your language with a a word of salt here or there, a little curse word, a, a word of anger that added to the force, in this case, and strength of the denial. He's really trying to distance himself from Jesus. 
Because, why, why do you think that is? Just, just to do it? No, he's, I mean, maybe you can think of other motivations, but I suspect he's trying to distance himself from potential persecution. I don't want to get the death penalty like he's going to get. So it becomes a self-centered kind of thing. Like every sin is a self-centered, it's, it's got something to do with him. It's not about Jesus, it's about him. It's about protecting his skin or his reputation, doesn't want it tarnished with that Galilean or that Nazarene, or he doesn't want his body to suffer for Christ. I mean, he was both with Jesus, the Galilean and the Nazarene, and he knew him very well. No amount of cursing and swearing and denying with an oath or anything is going to change that fact. It just is true. You can just see the kind of irrational features that come with acting in the flesh. The anger, the bad language, the frustration, the uh, you know, moving about. He goes here, he goes there. He's every, you know, from pillar to post, and it's just not working because it's all false, it's all lies, it's all denials, it's all flesh, it's all self-centered. And then the rooster crows. I need a special effect happening in the background and a little, a little you know, Chiron with a rooster picture crowing right now on the live stream. Uh, that's what happened. The rooster crowed right then. And you know what that did? The human mind is a wonderful association machine. You know how you remember things is by association, right? So when the sound came into his ears, verse 34 came tumbling into his memory and the Lord telling him that you will deny me before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Not only was the Lord right that he would deny him, he was right in the exact number of occurrences. So it triggered Peter's memory to what Jesus had said. Perhaps five hours, seven, eight hours earlier, a few hours. I don't know exactly how many hours, but late in the, in the late afternoon or early evening on Thursday. This is in early Friday morning. So Peter remembered the word that Jesus said to him and. And here it is in verse 75, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So it says, then Peter left the area and he wept bitterly. So the verb uh, clauso, I think it is, uh, uh, although I can't remember the stem of it now. It's an aorist or if it's a whatever. I, I'll work with Jansen to have, have him figure that out for me. I looked at it earlier today, but I can't think of the, uh, the root. I just know that it's uh, a Clausen or something like that. He he wept, and then it's like pick rao, or pick no picros is an adverb. It, it it takes the word wept, and it just piles on this agony. You know, it wasn't just crying a little bit. It wasn't just you know a couple tears. It was agonized mental anguish in, in weeping over this. 
the, highlighting the verb. It speaks of this mental anguish and emotion that comes with the weeping. And it's just those two words, just, just dwell on those words and think about them. You have been there. You have cried for souls. You have agonized over your own sin. And this was Peter, so embarrassed, so ashamed, so low. He's weeping like this. It appears to me that the, this, this I'll call a breakdown, this emotional breakdown for him was a significant turning point in his life. He... Uh, had had already a significant turning point, the most significant turning point, Mark, uh, Matthew 16, verse 16 tells us, when he confessed Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So somewhere along in there, he had been saved. He had become a follower of Jesus. We may not, might not say he became a Christian because that would be a little anachronistic. He was a Christ one, but I say that because the word Christian didn't come until years, some years later. You understand what I mean. He was a follower of Christ, later to be called a Christian, and, and he was. That was a great significant turning point in his life. But this also, Scripture testifies that although he was saved before, uh, here he, 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 I think, realizes the depth of his own sinfulness. What can a man do? How, how low can a man go in his relationship with God through Christ. It launched him, this turning point did, into Christian ministry no matter the cost. He said, I think, never again. Never again am I going to deny the Lord like this. He saw what Jesus was going through for him. He must have figured that I, could, I can go through some things myself for the sake of the name of Christ. And so he really turned in, in direction here in his life. We'll see a moment, in a moment a little bit more about that. General lessons for us here out of this narrative. First of all, the strongest Christians among us can fall into the most egregious sins. We have to remember that. Galatians 6 says, those of you that are spiritual, restore one who falls in a spirit of meekness, recognizing that you yourself could be tempted and fall in the same way. Now, Peter fell again temporarily, not denying the Lord, but in Galatians 2, he fell into a doctrinal error, or I could say doctrinal error, practical error, when he wouldn't go and eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was, he was pressured by the Jews, fearing man more than fearing God, and the apostle Paul comes to him, the apostle to the Gentiles, and says, hey, wait a minute, mister. You used to be like this. Now you're going back this way? Well, you're just then, if you're doing that, you're destroying what you built. You, did, you built the gospel message. It's a free message of salvation to Gentiles. Now you're tearing that down? What are you doing that for, man? So Paul confronted him. So Peter had his, his times. But we need to expect such things and the possibility of such things in the lives of God's people because of the nature of human nature. And don't, uh, you know, throw up your hands and say, well, that's it. These people are so imperfect, I'm leaving. You know, when your brother in Christ has a faltering, 
help him. Don't say, uh, you know, he's not worth it. Because you learn from Peter here that the strongest among us can fall into egregious sin, even temporarily denying the Lord. But secondly, we learn that one's real character, a person's true character, is found after failure when it comes time to fess up. The real Peter did deny the Lord, but the later version of the real Peter confessed his sin and repented of it. Peter could say, sin in me did that without unblaming himself. You understand what I mean? Sin in me, my sin did that. But I'm a man who delights in the law of God in the heart, who finds a contrary principle at work in me that when I want to do the right thing, I do the wrong thing. I, I, I do the wrong anyway. Sound familiar? Peter was thoroughly familiar with Paul's theology in Romans 7 before Paul wrote Romans 7. Remember that confusing passage of things I don't want to do, these I do, and those I don't want to do, that I, and, and you get all turned around. But what's happening is Paul's kind of, un, un, or kind of exposing, uncovering is what I was trying to say, the, the, the schizophrenic insides of a person when, who wants to do sin but recognizes I can't do that because that is wrong. And they struggle with that. That's that's. Christians, That's, you know, none of us have come to a point where we're like, oh, no problem with any of that stuff. We have problems with that stuff of whatever sort it is, fears and worries and lusts and angers and all kinds of whatever. So, strongest among us can fall. Our real character is discovered when we fess up, when after the fact, do we, do we straighten those things out? Thirdly, a general lesson, God is very, very gracious. God is very gracious. This is good news, my friends. When you have failed, when you have gone down into the county dump, morally, you know, and you stink, God will still restore you. We see later that the Lord Jesus... Do you know what I'm saying? That can apply to you and me. When the Lord Jesus, later after he was resurrected, it says he met with Peter. He's seen the, he's seen the Lord. The tomb guardian angel made special mention of Peter. Go tell his disciples and Peter that I'm going before you into Galilee. Jesus restored Peter in John chapter 21. Peter, do you love me more than these three times? Why do you think three times? Think it's an accidental number? I don't think so. And then God uses Peter mightily. Think of the book of Acts. Peter preaching in Acts 2 and Acts 3 and Acts 5 and, and uh, center focus in Acts chapter 12 and He's in Galatians, and he writes 1 Peter, and he writes 2 Peter. I mean, this is tremendous. God is very gracious. All of this happened after Peter denied the Lord but was restored. Failure might make you feel like a broken vessel. It might 
give you cause for bitter weeping, but if you're a believer in Jesus, he can restore you. And in fact, I would be so bold as to say this. Not only can God restore you, if you're a believer in Christ, he will restore you. He will restore you. And if you're not a believer in Jesus and realize you're wallowing in the dump, he'll lift you out of that dump. You just call out to him. Say, Lord, I can't get out of this mess. I need you. Fourth principle, every human being will feel at some time or another a measure of that feeling of weeping bitterly that Peter had. Uh, now, maybe you, maybe we can think of some people that are so atheistic or so bad, so far gone, that they won't have any feeling of regret or remorse or anything at all. But whether in this life or as judgment unfolds in the transition to eternity, I think most people, if not all, are going to feel some measure of regret or repentance about their connection to Jesus. I should have followed. I should have listened. I should have heard what they said. I should have paid attention to what that pastor was trying to tell me. I should have listened to that Christian radio program. I should have heard more about this man, Jesus. Why? Because there he is on his throne judging me. Why didn't I listen? The regret. Some people have made the fires of hell the regret of the soul. Burning. Oh, I just wish I would have listened. I don't go quite that far, but I certainly can understand the mental anguish of someone who realizes I did the totally wrong thing. I should not have dissed Jesus like that. I should have followed what I heard from Christians. Maybe that feeling comes upon you sometime in your Christian life like Peter had. You weep bitterly when you fall into sin again and again. Or you realize like the prodigal, I have wandered far from God and now I'm coming home. Wonderful song that Naomi has sung for us that has those words. I've wandered far from God. The prodigal comes to himself, remember that in the Gospels, and realizes, look, what am I here? I'm amongst the pigs. I could at least be a servant to my dad. I wouldn't be a son anymore, but I'd be a servant at least. And of course, he's welcomed home much more richly than a mere servant. God, I'm coming home. We, we all probably have had a measure of that feeling that Peter has, and I pray that, I pray really that we would have that if we've never had that before. We would have that kind of feeling in this life before we reach the moment at judgment when we realize with great dismay, uh-oh, I am in, I'm in trouble. The world will throw at us some things to try to trip us up, it's going to keep coming, as Peter experienced. Remember, first girl, second girl, and the people come. They just keep coming. He's like, why, why do they keep asking me this? i got to get out of here. With God's strength, we can endure whatever the world throws at us. But when failure, come, when failure sorry, comes, 
which of us does not fail, by the way. When failure comes, we can be assured God will be gracious toward us like he was toward Peter. Maybe you've had those times when you've sinned and fallen and then Christ has had a meeting with you. (laughs) Yeah. I am saying these things tonight to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who paid for all of our sins, even denying him. Peter's sin was bought and paid for on the cross later that very day. Can you imagine? He died for that sin too. May his name be praised. Father, we bow before you because in your arrangement of things, you have seen fit that all of our oaths, our swearing, our cursing, our our sins of excess, of gluttony, of drunkenness, of immorality, of denying you, of All of that has been poured out upon Christ and he has made a a way for us to be forgiven. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for our advocate before the throne of grace. Thank you for the example of Peter. I suppose we could say that one of the reasons why you allowed this evil to come through Peter was so that we could be encouraged when similar things happen to us, that we can be restored like he was. And by contrast, we can see the movement from denier to repenter, from cursor to confessor, from hater to lover. Oh, Lord, may we experience that out of our sin and be drawn close to you and be mightily used like Peter was in his later years. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, there's a little bit from Matthew 26 for you. I hope that uh, you've been challenged, encouraged, and uh, there's some, there is some challenge there, and there's some good news there too, isn't there? <laughs> really good news, so let's enjoy that. God bless you all. Thank you for coming. Those of you online, thank you for being with us as well. And uh, we will look forward to seeing you again soon. Saturday morning, we have men's prayer meeting at 8. 9.45 is the practice for the Christmas program. And then, uh, what else? Saturday, nothing, right? Get ready for Sunday. And then Sunday, we have Sunday school, morning worship service, and then the 3.30 in the afternoon service. Let's pray for a good turnout and uh, pray for health and strength for each involved. And uh, if you're not, if you don't have a part in the program, we still need you here to attend, help greeting, uh, you know, guiding people who might be new here to what, where's the bathroom and how, you know, just to meet people and stuff. And um, so we've all got a role to play in, in our service to the Lord. Okay, Amen. Good night.